Welcome to AM Best Audio. Commercial insurers are finding themselves at an inflection point as they face a continuing cycle of economic uncertainties and rising risks. As the nature of risk rapidly evolves, so too does the need for insurers to fulfill the societal desire for resilience in a volatile world by closing protection gaps or risk losing relevance. According to McKinsey's Global Insurance Report 2023, expanding commercial PNC's market relevance. I'm Lori Chortis for Ambest TV. And joining us now to talk about that is Shannon Varney. He's a partner in McKinsey's Boston office. Shannon, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Lori. Great to be with you today. Shannon, what are some of the biggest risks that commercial insurers now face? So I think there are a few, Lori, that I think we're tracking the most closely. would say the first one is around decelerating rates. So what was first met probably most acutely felt in, in the professional lines area, we're starting to see a little bit more broadly in areas like cyber, where for six consecutive quarters was really pushing the pace in terms of rate growth. And I think it's just a function of the market reality where capacity is coming in and oftentimes chasing some of that rate on rate momentum that we've seen over the recent years. So that's the first one. I think the second one is just around rising inflation and price adequacy uncertainty. Now, there was an estimated $8 billion, so $8 billion in incremental inflation across U.S. commercial lines loss costs in 2021. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago where we were looking at markets that had four decade highs in inflation. And this was particularly concerning because if you think about what that implication might have in terms of staying ahead of loss cost trends, the inflation is still a very big deal. And then I think the last one that we talk about in the report quite a bit is just this notion of scrutiny around underwriting portfolio emissions. And I think rightly so, commercial carriers are expected to play a major role in decarbonizing the real economy. Um, and I think over time, commercial carriers will need to move more capacity towards these industries with lower emissions in intensity, and then also be part of the solution for supporting some of these net zero uh, supporting technologies. And I think the, the the challenge there is obvious because a lot of these newer net zero supporting technologies just quite frankly don't have the underwriting data that uh, makes underwriters more comfortable or more confident in underwriting the risks appropriately. So is it more important for commercial insurers to reduce their exposure to these risks that you talked about or expand relevance by growing protection gaps and why? So I think the, the answer is directly related to the strength of that particular company and the strength of their balance sheet today. I think in many ways for a number of different insurers, it will make more sense to step back and think about how do we manage our gross to net exposure? What are the particular points of our business where we just need to pull back in, on, in terms of our exposure and our capacity? I think for others, we certainly see a tremendous opportunity to step forward, be part of the solution space and address these growing protection gaps. You know, one of the things we talk about in the paper is that as we look at the growing protection gap right now, where you've had roughly a trillion dollars of losses in, you know, in the 22nd century or 21st century, excuse me, um, you know, only a fifth of those have been covered. And um, I think that's a real opportunity for 
uh, the, the market and for these insurance carriers to step forward and be part of the solution for addressing that growing protection gap. What are you now seeing around rates in commercial lines and what's driving that? Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned before, we are seeing some capacity come into the market. And a lot of that was chasing some of these more attractive uh, rate growth. And um, I, I think it's, it's particularly interesting when you look at what's happened on professional lines. Uh, DNO is an obvious example where, um, you know, some of the rates are actually contracting in, in some of the markets. Um, I think on the, the positive rate momentum or where we're seeing the fastest growth, it was an interesting development only recently where I think for the first time in the last two years, property was actually growing faster than cyber. Um, and that speaks to just how the, the underlying hard market conditions are persisting. Um, you know, cyber is, is moderating, but we still expect to see um, those double digit rate increases you know, persist for the, you know, for at least the short to medium term. But it's it's quite fascinating to actually watch the, the market um, where some passive observers are now going into the market in a more meaningful way, while others are saying, hey, listen, for this, for the sake of our own um, exposure or where we are from a balance sheet perspective, it makes sense for us to pull back. Shannon, what impact are tightening capacity and traditional reinsurance capital and alternative capital markets having on the commercial lines market? Yeah, and I think we see this most acutely in the property space. And, you know, as we were doing our analysis, we see that the real insight for us is that we're at a real inflection point, as you said in your comments at the outset. Um, you know, we believe, we firmly believe that carriers can play a very important role in meeting the moment for their customers in today's market. And the reality is that with an increasing frequency of these high severity losses, this is the time when the industry really needs carriers to reassert their role as solution providers. Um, I think that, you know, given in the recent years, it, it's hard to see um, why some carriers are a little weary uh, or, you know, it's, it's not hard to see why they're a little weary um, based on, you know, some of the, the loss experience, you know, many are looking back at many years now of unprofitable writing underwriting results in their property book and saying, hey, now is the right time to, to pull back. Um, they're doing this through cutting line sizes or exiting altogether in, in some instances. Um, however, I think we do believe that there is a big opportunity for those that are willing to step forward. Um, and while we're not yet you know, seeing the, the flood of new capacity rush into the market, we certainly see that a lot of firms on the primary insurance side and the reinsurance side are looking with intrigue and, and really vigorously debating, um, you know, does it make sense for us to go back into the market at a meaningful level? Um, and I think this is this is also a similar situation on the, the alternative capital side or the ILS markets where um, traditionally, you know, they have helped, um, you know, one could argue um, subsidize the, the the rates that were were observed in the market previously. That and uh, some of the you know more inexpensive retro cover. But I think now um, you know a lot of investors, institutional investors, are saying because of tracked capital, because of the uncertainty, we're going to wait it out a little bit so we don't see a, a rush of capacity coming from the institutional investors either. According to the report, the most successful commercial insurers are those who define a clear source of distinctiveness that allows them to compete beyond prices. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so our data was quite clear that 
by focusing on certain lines of business, we saw that the specialist commercial carriers have almost consistently outperformed their more diversified peers. And we did this by measuring um, the relative spread of, of premium growth and profitability. Um, and we looked at this across both hard markets and soft markets, and this was over the last five years or so. And in terms of you know, how they are, are doing this, you know, we see a, a number of really important ways to go about this. I think first is being very clear on where to compete. And for carriers, that's asking the question, quite frankly, where do we have a right to win? Um, where do we have a clear edge in underwriting capabilities? For some, it might be around where they have unique sources of data, um, advanced analytics capabilities that we see as differentiated. But first is really being very clear on, on where to compete. The, the second I would say is being realistic on how best to access the market. And that is some soul searching to say, do we really have the underwriting talent internally to successfully compete in these businesses? Do we have the fundamental ability to, um, to write the right risks at the right prices? Um, or, and this is okay, but you know, or does it make more sense to participate in this market where we have a constructive view of the underlying risk, but we think it's better access through a delegated authority or an MGA play um, where we can work with a partner that brings that underwriting sophistication, underwriting expertise that we don't have in-house or that has a, a digital technology that can help sift through sometimes those mountain of submissions that, that come your way when the risks get quite small. Um, but I think that second is being realistic on how to access the market. And then the last one I would say is, is really emphasizing the importance of the value proposition going beyond just the balance sheet, offering more than just capacity, offering more than just the risk transfer solution. And this is asking questions around, you know, what are the ways that you can become viewed as not just capacity, but rather risk management solution providers? And this is why we're really excited to see a new wave of carriers really investing in some of these pre-bind risk control or pre-bind risk engineering solutions. For example, in, in cyber, where carriers partner with uh, some prospective insureds or some, some customers to say, hey, where are you exposed? As we go in and we're gonna, we're gonna hack your system, um, we're going to give you multiple points of threat intelligence that will make you ultimately a safer risk. So aligning incentives. But again, that speaks to that risk management solution provider versus, hey, we're just we're just capacity. What challenges do commercial insurers now face? And is the declining relevance of commercial lines among one of the most, if not the most critical challenges today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the challenges that we discussed earlier, just about you know what the rate environment means, um, you know what some of these pressures from those that are looking at commercial carriers to become part of the the solution as we think about decarbonizing the economy, um, they're they're all they're all front and center for commercial insurers today. I, I would say though that the biggest opportunity we see, and this is one that we're really excited about, is this notion of addressing these coverage gaps that exist. Um, and, and these exist a, across all you know, parts of a, of a carrier's book, um, but we see this as a really big opportunity for carriers to step forward. So if we think about uh, the, the cyber market, you know, in particular, where 
you know, we're estimating that the coverage gap could be anywhere from 80 billion to 100 billion dollars. Um, that's an incredible opportunity for carriers to grow their their books of business, provide real value to the economy and to their insureds. Um, and also, I think it's an opportunity. Going back to the alternative capital point, it's a big opportunity for ILS investors as well because we think that. I think solving that coverage gap is not just going to be addressed through the carriers. It's actually going to be um, incumbent upon the institutional investors to provide some of that capital, some of that capacity. And I, I think what we're seeing from an ILS perspective is that, you know, investors aren't too keen on taking more property cat exposure. But if you can um, successfully uh, structure products that have um, casualty or specialty and in, in, as I'm mentioning here, cyber exposure, that's something that can get their attention if you can prove that you can underwrite it well and that the returns will come. While commercial insurers remain at a crossroads with rate volatility, a labor shortage, high inflation, and other challenges they now face, what opportunities lie ahead for commercial carriers, especially for those who can carve out a distinctive value proposition for their clients, their investors, and others, and also innovate risk transfer? So, you know, this, this market is, is similar to others in that there's a real value to being first, right? Now you need to be first and be right. <laughs> that's the, that's the key here, because at the end of the day, this is a business that's driven by the loss ratio performance and you need to write risks, uh, you know, and price them adequately. Um, but I, I do think that based on where the market is today, uh, the, there's so many insureds that are looking for their insurance carriers to provide solutions. And um, that means that um, that they are willing to, you know, to often to to really entrust their their business to uh, commercial carriers. And, you know, I think there is really no commerce without insurance and they're particularly uh, a heightened need right now for carriers to step forward and offer their innovative uh, solutions to the risk transfer problems that uh, face their insureds. Shannon, this has been so informative. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks so much for having me. That was Shannon Varney, a partner in McKinsey's Boston office. For AMS TV, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.